Welcome into another great edition of Strong Style. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York from Impact Media. Welcome in to our MMA and pro wrestling show that we do each and every week. We like to start off the week talking wrestling and MMA because they're awesome. Something else that's awesome is all you amazing listeners that listen to us each and every week. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, for those of you who share and, and like the post and, and things like that, we, we definitely appreciate that as well. Uh, if you want to go on iTunes and give us a rating, review, you want to leave a question, comment, suggestion, that also goes for you want to hit us up on Twitter, you want to drop in the, the DMs of, of uh, Instagram at the Impact 99 on either one of those. We'll get that accomplished. All kinds of ways you can you can find us on Facebook. All kinds of fun things you could do. We love when you interact with the show. In fact, I love when I'm just walking randomly through town and you guys stop me and, and want to talk wrestling or, or MMA. Uh, it, it really does make my day to, uh, to do that. Now, lots of stuff I want to get into, uh, including... A uh, short preview of UFC 258 coming up this weekend, uh, Bellator news, things like that. But I'm going to start with wrestling, and I'm not going to only start with wrestling. Um, I'm going to start with probably the most important thing I'm going to talk about today. Now, things are going to get a little serious here for a minute. They they really are, but that's fine. Uh, we all know wrestling is a key. And uh, people in the wrestling world, it's it's like family. When you go to an event, you feel like you're there with, with all your greatest friends. And, uh, you know, between the relationship between crowd, especially in the local scene, and uh, the independents and, and things like that, it feels like the wrestlers and the crowd are almost like the tag team of the show. And uh, that being said, uh, somebody who is actually very local. In fact, I've probably seen him wrestle at a half dozen places within an hour of where I sit right now. Uh, Jimmy Rave. And uh, Jimmy Rave has uh, had a not-so-good go of it. And, and you know, I know what people are going to say, and I, I can already see the text and everything coming in and, and that kind of stuff, you know, once this show is posted up. Uh, without... Just wanting to use the phrase to use the phrase. This, what I'm saying right now, is Jimmy Rave approved. I talked to Jimmy this morning. Uh, basically, I'm, I'm going to read what um, what I'm going to read what uh, a guy by the name of Anthony White has posted up, and then I will tell you where you can also read this. Uh, for 20 years, Jimmy Rave has given his blood, sweat, and tears to the professional wrestling business. With lucrative stints in TNA Wrestling, 
Ring of Honor, Dragon Gate, and Combat Zone Wrestling. Jimmy Rave is someone whose name is synonymous with the sport we all love. Jimmy has given so much of himself to the business, and now it is our turn to help him. Due to an unfortunate health issue, Jimmy had to undergo an amputation of his arm to save his life. With mounting medical expenses and also having to face the reality of never wrestling again, our our friend needs our help. The fundraiser is to assist Jimmy with his medical expenses and most importantly to help him acquire a prosthetic arm that will help him lead as normal life as possible. This chain of events has been heartbreaking, but as his support system, we can come together and give any amount that we can help Jimmy overcome this hurdle. Any amount you can give would so greatly would so greatly be appreciated. Jimmy needs all the love and support he can at this time, and we thank you so much for helping to alleviate this burden. That is straight from the GoFundMe page uh, Anthony White has set up on behalf of Jimmy Rave. Whether you remember Jimmy Rave or not, trust me, if you saw him wrestle, you remembered him. Jimmy, very fluid in the ring. Uh, just, like I said, just fluidity was what instantly caught my attention the first times I saw him wrestle. I've met and talked to him many times uh, back during the, the short stint when uh, I, I was uh, kind of ring crew and helping put on some shows, kind of helping things along there and, and uh, semi-training to do it myself. Uh, Jimmy's just a super guy, and I'm not saying that be just, you know, oh, because these things happen to him. No. Uh, like that says, uh, Jimmy absolutely uh, embodies what professional wrestling is. Somebody who goes out there, gave it everything he had, and uh, then just just uh, got dealt a bad batch of cards. But he's persevering through it. And we can help him do that. Now, I'm going to give you the GoFundMe page, but you, I'll give you the other way to find it, too. You can go to GoFundMe dot com slash f slash jimmy rave i just tried it out myself earlier i checked it numerous times to make sure it worked or i also tried it this way you can go to gofundme.com and just search for jimmy rave it will be the first one that comes up on your page and uh, he's about halfway to the goal they put on here so i hope that in re- in getting as close to this goal as possible that that it, it does help him uh, either get the prosthetic arm or with uh, whatever expenses he is uh, incurring. But like I said, uh, probably when we get off this show, I'm going to go on here and donate as well. Um, if you feel the need to, if uh, I'm going to, I'm going to also post this information up on social media. If you guys want to share it, if you guys want to, Tell other people about it, uh, if, or if you feel the need to donate, uh, please do. Jimmy could definitely use our help, and uh, and uh, yeah, just do what you can. Do what you can. You know, if if, if you can't donate, 
or you're not in a position where you can comfortably do that, you know, don't put yourself in a in a bad spot either. Tell people about it because that can be just as powerful. If the right person hears it, then maybe they want to be a part of it. Maybe they want to help out somehow. You know, there's there's the off chance that someone in the medical field can maybe help him and maybe knock some of the costs down that way. But either way, like I said, whether you saw Jimmy Russell or not, and you could easily go to YouTube, um, he, he really has shined at in TNA, Ring of Honor, uh, Combat Zone, at Dragon Gate, just anywhere he went. Like I said, I have seen him through some local shows at least a half dozen times within an hour of where I sit right now. So if you get a chance, uh, you know, go help out, go do what you can. And uh, just, uh, you know, keep your thoughts and prayers with it. Because we all know it ain't easy, but, you know, I think with the help of, of the people around him and, and uh, his fans that we can uh, we can help him push through this. Now, while we're on the subject of wrestling, why don't we start with Monday Night Raw? Monday Night Raw. Uh, Right now, pretty much what all three shows are, are using a segment for is to try to let you guess and speculate where Edge should... where Edge should... Uh, take on the champion. And on Raw, that means Drew McIntyre. Uh, what's kind of weird is that all three champions kind of have a challenger kind of right there on top of them already. So it will be interesting to see actually who he goes after because I could make a case for either of the three. In case of Raw, like I said, it's Drew McIntyre, but it seems like Sheamus has emerged as somebody who came out of the shadows to uh, challenge Drew. Um, I don't think a three-person match between those should should work. It would be it would be okay. I I don't. I just think it'd be too chaotic given what those three bring to the table. But uh, you know, all of these champions could have these immediate challengers and then be on to WrestleMania, or it's a chance to swap a title to somebody in order to uh, maybe make a bigger event. Um, but I think only in one case would it make Edge a better opponent. Another personal Sheamus, but it ain't. It's not Raw. Um, not even going to talk about that match. Uh, Kofi's back. It was good to see Kofi. Xavier Woods took on Mustafa, I think is how he's saying the same. So Mustafa, I think it's Mustafa Ali from Retribution. And uh, Xavier Woods pulls out the victory in that one. This was actually a really good match. One of the better matches of of Raw. And like I said, Xavier Woods with the big win there. Good to see Kofi back as well. It's just, you got like four or five people in Retribution, and then you have you have uh, New Day that's only two. So whether it's four on two, five on two, we need to see somebody back up Kofi and, and Xavier Woods here. 
Let's see, that left us to uh, Miz and Morrison were doing uh, was the dirt sheet with Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny, there was a little dust up between Miz and, and Bad Bunny. And Bad Bunny said, I, I'm not really out here to apologize or anything. I'm just out here uh, for my friend. So that's French Damien Priest, who had a match with The Miz. I kind of got to echo something I heard earlier from E. Marcel Portut of the Sports Inquirer and the Verbal Submission podcast, where he said he could see Priest potentially in the world title hunt, like snip strapping the rocket to his back and everything, in about a year. I, I think that's there, there, and I agree with him also. There are a handful of people right there in that same boat. Uh, they really do like Damian Priest. He is now on the main level. Uh, taking on Miz and Morrison will definitely help put the shine on him. It'll be interesting to see what they come up with for WrestleMania because I could see him in a, in a pretty big, high-profile match. Just won't have uh, title ramifications, I don't think. Lucha House Party took on the Hurt Business. Of course, that would be Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin in this case. The Hurt Business win that there. This was for the Raw Tag Team Championship. Uh, kind of a waste of the last couple weeks building up Lucha House Party just to have the Hurt Business uh, beat them pretty good. There was a, a three-team women's match where the winning team gets a potential future uh, title opportunity. You had Charlotte and Oshka, who recently lost the tag titles. You had Mandy and Dana, who seem to be who they add to every match when they need a couple more people in it. And then Lana and Naomi, that I'm not real. There's they didn't didn't really do anything backstage or no story leading up as to why these two would pair up outside of the fact that they're probably the only two who aren't already paired up with people. So, you know, the last two women picked in the schoolyard, I guess. I, I don't, I mean, it could be a good team. It really could. I just, I, I don't, I don't get how they put them together. And the weirder part was that Lana and Naomi actually win this thanks to Ric Flair and Lacey Evans uh, getting in the middle of Charlotte Flair's business. Now, this brings up something interesting. Do you have Lacey versus Charlotte before WrestleMania, which would free up Charlotte? It would free up Charlotte to maybe take on Rhea Ripley again, which seems to be a uh, popular thought. Or do you save Lacey Evans and all this buildup, Lacey Evans with Ric Flair in her corner versus Charlotte for WrestleMania. I think that could be a very good matchup. It's one we haven't really seen yet, not in this circumstance. I think the two of my face before, but not in this circumstance. So I would actually kind of lean towards that. Oshka can go back to defending her title, and you can go from there as far as that. But uh, Lacey versus Charlotte, I think it's WrestleMania worthy. Uh, Carlito and Jeff Hardy took on... Elias and Jackson Riker. Uh, 
Carlito, man, he looks in good shape. He looks to be in good spirits. It is beyond time that, that he is back in the WWE. And, uh, you know, he got to come out there and kind of showcase himself a little bit. Uh, I could see, even though Jeff Hardy is once again feuding with Elias, I, I could see Carlito either helping Hardy in this or uh, potentially going against Elias himself, which is uh, they they kind of have a little bit in common in that they both got pushes and were thought of very highly and then just kind of left in limbo, which is currently where Elias is. Left in limbo should actually be his next single. Uh, Alexa Bliss took on the returning Nikki Cross. Alexa ends up winning, but the thing to remember from this match was the random time warps, as I am calling them, where, like, lights off, lights on, it's these quick edits, but Alexa went from, like, early Alexa to uh, Alexa before The Fiend to Alexa with The Fiend to uh, the recent incarnation, like, super dark goth Alexa. It's entertaining to me. I know it's getting lost on some people. It's entertaining to me because, once again, until The Fiend returns, which looks like Orton and The Fiend, my guess would probably be WrestleMania, uh, until The Fiend returns, she's having to carry this storyline with Orton, and uh, outside of them having a match, which is not going to happen, and no, I don't mean a, the proverbial match they've tried to light towards each other, outside of those two facing off in the ring, this they have to do something to keep this storyline going, because if it gets dropped, it's all this work for nothing. I don't know how close The Fiend is to returning. I don't know if it's strategic, if it's actually an injury. I, I really don't know. Because like I told you guys, I do not read the dirt sheets. I do not want to know how the magician made the helicopter appear. I don't want to know how he knew what card I picked. I just want to watch him make the helicopter disappear and him find the card I picked. Uh, I stopped reading dirt sheets years ago. Now, occasionally for injury updates, I will try. So maybe I'll kind of glance around and see if I hear anything. Uh, Reach out to some people as well. But uh, until The Fiend comes back... If you're wanting this feud to return, then guys, this is just what you're going to have to do and have to deal with. And then lastly, they had uh, Randy Orton versus Edge in the main event. The fact that they had this on Raw tells me that luckily we're not going to see this at WrestleMania again like we did last year. Last year was good. You don't need to try to top it. Uh, Edge gets the win there because you want the momentum on him. He did win the Royal Rumble. Uh, let's go to let's go to NXT next. You get Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai took on Casey Squared, as I call it, which is Casey Cannizzaro and Caden uh, Carter. Young hot tag team. They're big, big tag team. I. I I like a lot of the things they're doing. Uh, you get Canizaro doing the, I'm not sure how many revolution kind of backsplash she, she got that in. Uh, but it didn't matter because Dakota and Raquel end up with the victory there. This is the women's Dusty Classic. Uh, they move on to the semis or the finals at this point. Let's see, they started with eight, I believe. No, they started with four. I'm not sure how many they started with anymore. But either way, 
they move on. Uh, Tony Storm, they're, 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 I think they're about to get her into some sort of program. Um, it's kind of looking like maybe her and Mercedes Martinez and Io Shirai are going to kind of go world title-wise, but Mercedes and Tony haven't done enough recently. It's like you're just going on the on the overall clout they have and the experience. You're not really – just coming out and attacking the champion to me doesn't qualify you to take on the champion because if that was the case, if you wanted to be – you know, the king of Switzerland. I don't even know if there's a king of Switzerland, but if you want to be the king of Switzerland, uh, you would just, under under the WWE way of working, you would just go up there and slap him or, you know, throw him into the side of a truck. That doesn't work in real life. So I've never understood that part, but it seems like that's what they're going to kind of do. We had Austin Theory, who took on Leon Ruff. Leon Ruff is, is slow. He's kind of... For people who watch Ring of Honor, he's kind of the cheeseburger of this group. He's small. Uh, a lot of people think he, he's uh, maybe not as good as some of the people he takes on, but I would disagree. Leon Ruff more than holds his own with a lot of, of the people he's been against. Gargano, Austin Theory, uh, Damian Priest. I mean, he, he hung pretty decent. He's super young. So, you know, he's got room to grow and fill out. So I'm not that worried about – he kind of – no, I don't want to make that comparison because I'm going to make it a little later. But uh, Theory ends up with the win there, which left us to the next men's Dusty Classic where Lucha House Party, who's already lost once this week, took on Legato Adele Fantasma, which is just a super cool name for a team. Look it up. Look, look up what it actually translates to. Uh, but... Uh, Phantasma ends up with the win and moving on. Lucha House Party 0 for 2 in the week. It's not a good day. Uh, now, after the match, we get uh, MSK up on the who kind of came out and were saying some things. It's, it, I think it's going to be them and Legato Del Phantasma next week in the next round of the Dusty Classic. That will be something. If you're a fan of the Lucha Catches Cascan style, real fast, lots of movements, lots of moves everywhere while still telling you a good story, yeah, MSK versus Phantasma, that's that's going to be, that's the remote dropper. That's uh, Go ahead and put the remote in the couch, under the couch. Don't even try to look for it until that match is over. Uh, then we get Pete Dunn come out, Danny Burch come out, Only Lorcan come out, uh, Finn Balor come out, and then Edge come out. Now, once again, this is, you know, Finn being the champion. Edge can technically go to NXT. It's what Charlotte did last year to take on Rhea Ripley. And she won. Edge versus Finn Balor. That's actually my favorite of the three choices. Um, Because Edge brought up a fact. He looked at Finn. Because Finn's just looking like, if you want to face me, that's fine. Not sure why. Because Edge points at the belt, and he says, because I've never had that. He's never been NXT champion because, well, NXT didn't exist when he was uh, in his in his heyday and run. So I could get that. And even if Edge won it, and then you have him drop it in the next month or so, okay. I don't think so. I think Finn would actually beat him, even though it would, it would really be a good match. But Pete Dunne and Finn Balor have got to duke it out sometime soon. If if not at 
uh, NXT TakeOver, which will be WrestleMania week more than likely, then they've got to do it at WrestleMania. But uh, it's just got to happen soon, sooner rather than later, because we are all ready for it. Jesse Kamea took on uh, uh, Tony Storm. And Jesse Kamea actually gets the win because of the disqualification caused by Mercedes Martinez. So as they were kind of duking it out, Io Shirai comes down. That's why I'm saying seems like they're on a collision course. There's not a lot of buildup to me. There needs to be a reason, not just because, oh, she's the champion, I want to be the champion. There needs to be, bring up something from the past, make it up, that uh, you guys were all coming through the same indie stop at the same time, and uh, one of you was picked over the other or got the other one fired or not used on the show. Make up something. At this point, make up something. Say that Io Shirai made muffins and they tasted like garbage. Whatever. Something. Give me something here. Uh, Kurt Stallion, who seems to be one of the younger guys coming out of the, uh, the dojo, so to say, took on Santos Escobar, who is... Uh, the leader of Legado del Fantasma, and, of course, Santos Escobar won this. Uh, Stallion had a pretty good showing, and I'll give him that. He had a pretty good showing, uh, but Escobar is, he is next level just insane. Then we get Adam Cole versus Roderick Strong, or no, Adam Cole and Roderick Strong from the Undisputed Era, took on Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher as part of the Dusty Classic. This was interesting to me. This was a pretty good match. You get the uh, the purebred wrestlers of Cole and Strong versus the kind of bruiser brawlers with a lot of technique in Thatcher and Ciampa. The interesting thing to me, was that Thatcher and Ciampa get the win. Kind of tells me that Undisputed Era is on pace and on target to do something else. My guess, because uh, Kyle O'Reilly is back. You get Adam Cole, you get Kyle O'Reilly, you get Roderick Strong. I don't know if How did I forget his name? It's Fish. His name's Fish. But, uh... It's going to bug me. I'm going to have to look that up while I'm talking to you guys. Not to mention they have sick, wicked sick. Undisputed Era has uh, Bobby Fish. That's it. Before it even comes up, Bobby Fish. Big fan of Bobby Fish, but I hadn't seen him on TV in a while. I don't know when he's going to be back, but uh, I don't know if the four of them are going to take on... Um, See, that's my thing, is that Pete Dunne and Finn Balor need to face. 
But if you go Dunn, Burch, Lorkin, Pat McAvee, who I think will return right around WrestleMania, think of him like a legend contract. That's what I think he's going to happen. He doesn't need to be around all the time, but when he does, you need to really pick your shots. It doesn't have to be the super big pay-per-views either. Pick your shots. If he returns, I could see the, the eight of them going at each other again, even though they've wrestled in war games and all kinds of other stuff. I just I feel like there's something else they're setting them up for. So we'll see. But uh, Thatcher, Chomper, move on. Let's go to SmackDown. It started with Roman and Jey Uso and Paul Heyman. Basically, Roman come out and said, Edge, come out here now and tell me your decision. Well, then he finds out Edge is not there. So he says, you have till the end of the show to tell me your decision, whether you're going to face me or not. Okay, which means the last segment is when we're going to see this. Uh, Dominic Mysterio took on King Corbin. I keep saying I want to see King Corbin uh, pushed a little more. And right about the time he gets momentum, Dominic Mysterio beats him. Uh, pretty good match. Dominic's coming along. Corbin's a good guy to, to help him with that. But uh, it's it's just kind of getting old that it's the Mysterios versus Corbin for the last uh, year. I don't know. It feels like that. Um, even though we know Seth Rollins will be back next week, they made the announcement, the Friday Night Messiah is back from maternal leave as him and Becky Lynch, who should be returning soon as well. We even remember Ronda Rousey could be back. But uh, Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins obviously uh, having their amazing, adorable uh, first child. Congratulations to them on that. But it looks like they're both going to be back very, very soon. Right in time for WrestleMania. Uh, Daniel Bryan took on Cesaro in what was a uh, fantastic, good match. The two of them, they're just great old-school workers that uh, really put on a show. Cesaro gets the win with that one. Ruby Wright took on Bailey, thanks to the other people at ringside with the other parts of the Riot Squad. Uh, Bailey takes advantage and uh, wins that one there. Uh, Otis and Chad Gable took on... Dolph, Ziggler, and Robert Roode. Roode ends up with the pin on Gable. See, I don't understand why you split Otis, get rid of his partner, and then partner him up with Gable, which you did the same thing to him. You split him from his team a while back, and then he's just kind of been in limbo. Uh, Apollo took on Big E and Sami Zayn for the Intercontinental title. Big E was able to retain in that one. This match was actually pretty good. Pretty pretty good. Um, I, I like that they're giving the nod to Apollo as one of the up-and-coming guys. I like that they're giving the shine to Big E that he is retaining and continuing to move forward and upwards. And I like that Sami Zayn's involved because you need people like Sami Zayn to kind of stick their nose and be that little, like, diabolical little little crap head, basically. And uh, Sammy is, is quite good at, at being that little pest. Because he's, he's already great in the ring. Now he's great on the mic. And then we get Edge and Roman, who uh, 
Roman's like, hey, you tell me right now. And before he can do that, Kevin Owens comes out and drops Roman like a bad habit, the same way Sheamus did to McIntyre, so Edge gets to keep his decision for another day. All in all, uh, WWE is on the road to WrestleMania, so these are the kinds of things we are uh, looking forward to, and we know that this is what's coming up. Let's go to Impact Wrestling. Tasha Steeles took on Havoc. Of course, their tag partners were down there with them. Havoc, of course, as she should, beat Tasha Steeles because Nevea took out uh, Steeles the way Havoc took out Kira Hogan, who was on the outside. But uh, tag division, the women's tag division over in Impact Wrestling, it's kind of shaping up. Fulton with Ace Austin took on Josh Alexander. Uh, Josh Alexander gets the win in this. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Like I said, Ethan Page has left the company, I'm pretty sure. And uh, Fulton and Ace seem to just take on everybody as they cycle through. Uh, Josh Alexander gets the big win on Fulton. Uh, let's see. Let's get past that. Uh, Crazy Steve with Rosemary, otherwise known as Decay, two-thirds of Decay. I'm not the world's biggest Abyss fan, but I wouldn't mind seeing Abyss come back and be the third member of Decay the way he used to be. But I do like the Crazy Steve and Rosemary are back. I've said that many times. I'll continue to say that. Crazy Steve with Rosemary took on Larry D with AC Romero. They finally kind of somewhat gotten past Larry D being the one who was framed as shooting Johnny Bravo. And yeah, it's welcome to Impact Wrestling where if it happened on General Hospital or All My Children or As the World Turns, it, they'll probably write it into the show. But uh, Larry D gets the win in this one. Uh, I guess you kind of got to do something to, to shine him back up after you put him basically in the dark. But uh, I hated that it was crazy Steve that had to take the L on that one. Uh, Susan took on Jordan Grace. Jordan Grace got the win. And um, as the rest of Susan's entourage attacked Jordan Grace and... Jazz, who was down there with her, uh, in order to even up the odds, the returning ODB come out. No, not the rapper. Everybody's favorite. Big. I mean, I don't even know how to describe him. ODB. Describer. ODB is, uh, she's got her flask of whiskey. She's uh, just fun. She's just, she just looks fun. Just fun to hang out with. Uh, but she come out and even the odds there. That's going to obviously set up a six-woman tag at some point. Uh, Rohit Raju took on TJP. And uh, I think TJP, who is the cruiserweight champ at the moment. Uh, this was not for the title, though. Uh, but Rohit Raju ends up with the win because of the help of his former 
partner, now turned looks like associate, Mahabali Shara. That is a big dude. He, you just tune in each week and see that guy. He, uh, he is going to be the backup that Rohit needs to, uh, to, to really make a statement. I look for Rohit to get the title back at some point very soon. And then in the main event, we had Moose and Chris Bay took on Rich Swan and Tommy Dreamer. It wasn't that good of a match, but Moose gets the win over Rich Swan, and we move on. AEW Tag Team Battle Royal was won by Jericho and MJF, because probably that makes sense. Uh, Darby and Sting had like a uh, video-to-video meeting of the minds with Team Taz. Um... This was night one of Beach Bash, by the way. Uh, night two is coming up this Wednesday. Dr. Brett Baker took on Thunder Rosa. Finally, Brett Baker ends up with the victory in that. Thunder Rosa was helped to the back. I don't know if she got injured during the match, or uh, maybe they're just trying to, to sell the damage Brett was doing. We a little of both. Hangman Page and Matt Hardy in just... This reminds me of an old WCW thing where they used to draw lottery balls to put teams together for one particular night, and it was a whole thing. But uh, just two random people to put together, but pretty good match, obviously. Took on uh, Luther and Serpentico. Matt Hardy gets the win over Serpentico. Then we get the Kip Penelope Ford wedding. Vicky Guerrero comes down there. Miro comes down there. James Mitchell is doing the ceremony. Uh, Chucky Taylor is the butler because he lost the match to Miro last week. Jerry Lynn is down there. Orange Cassidy is about 15 rows into the seats. Uh, basically, the funny part of this, because none of these weddings ever go right, uh, obviously Penelope ends up with her face in the cake. And... Miro gets handcuffed, his his leg gets handcuffed to the ring rope by uh, by Chucky Taylor. And that was pretty funny because that gave him a chance to kind of slap Kip around and and embarrass Penelope. And and it was overall pretty funny because Orange Cassidy I thought was pretty funny as well. Anytime you can entertain Orange Cassidy, you're doing something. Eddie Kingston took on... Lance Archer in a Lumberjack match. I understand these two have a beef, but this is like the old WWE video games where you have to have the same people fight each and every week for like a month. Um, How many other stipulations can they go through? I don't know. At some point, they either need to agree to disagree and move on or just have your blow-off match and get it out of the way. Uh, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers took on Moxley, Pac, and Ray Phoenix. A lot of people have been asking me. uh, They catch parts of AEW, and they want to know if that's Ray Mysterio. It is not. It is Ray Phoenix. He is slightly taller and slightly better, at least at this given point, in my humble opinion. Uh, The Good Brothers get the, the pin on Phoenix, and as the melee ensues, you know, I told you guys that Impact Wrestling and AEW have been doing 
uh, some crossovers. There is a third brand involved now. And it's kind of out of necessity because it involves John Moxley, who is also his AEW, and he's also in New Japan. Because at the very end of this match, out comes kind of a hooded masked assailant. It is none other than Kenta from the Bullet Club. Also Omega Good Brothers, you know. Uh, also from New Japan. But Kenta comes out and lays Moxley out because these two have been verbally going back and forth to each other. Kenta actually came over to America as New Japan is trying to get a foothold in California. They're going to have kind of a California side of their stuff and Japan side of their stuff. Kenta came over here because Moxley can't go to Japan without missing two weeks because of quarantine. And obviously he had missed a lot of AEW engagements at the, at the time. So the happy medium they have come up with is part talent exchange here and part that Kenta is uh, apparently just going to follow Moxley to AEW. I like it. I like it. If we're going to have any more crossovers, I want to see the Gorillas of Destiny show up because they're kind of spearheading the New Japan version of the Bullet Club now. It started off as basically Finn Balor. He was Prince Nani or something back then, but uh, Finn Balor was the original leader. AJ Styles took a turn at it. Kenny Omega took a turn at it. Uh, when they left Japan, uh, Evil is kind of doing a little bit of a job now with it, and the Gorillas of Destiny are kind of running it as well. It's kind of going an interesting direction, but having Kenta back on U.S. soil, especially to go against Moxley, take my money now. Take my money now. Uh, Ring of Honor. We had Tracy Williams. I refuse to call him Hot Sauce. I don't get it. Tracy Williams took on, uh, I put Cheeseburger, but he is going by, like, the real deal CB or something. Uh, he basically comes out in a Michael Irvin-style mink coat, the glasses, his hair is done up like an early Jay Lethal, when Lethal was really coming into his own, and, uh, I like that he's changed it up a little bit. He's not just lovable cheeseburger anymore. He's because he says the only reason he's called cheeseburger is because of a Charlie Haas promo and it just took on. He's still pretty good with it, but he, he's want to change things up, be a little different. And I don't have a problem with it. The only thing, the only thing he should have a problem with is it was a pure wrestling match. It went about twelve and a half minutes, and Tracy Williams beat him. Past that, CB did a good job. Then in the main event, we had PCO and Brody King, two of the remaining members of of Villain uh, Enterprises, which does not exist anymore because Marty Skrull had to go back to England. But it was Brody King, PCO, and the Briscoes, a zombie apocalypse survival team if you ever saw one, versus LFI, which is La Fashion. The Ignorables, which for people that don't know, that is Roosh, that is Dragon Lee, and that is Roosh's dad, uh, Bestia. And then they needed a fourth person because Kenny King is normally the fourth in their group, but Kenny King could not make the taping. Did not really say why. They put in Flip Gordon. Uh, A lot of times they kept throwing Flip back in the match. 
and um, eventually it just became a melee on the outside to which it was ruled a no contest by the referee as it should. This was just a way to showcase everybody, and I think uh, this probably says that Kenny King was going to probably get the nod or take the, the loss in the match. He was going to factor in somehow, and since he wasn't there, they decided to do something different. That's what it looked like to me. And they got to showcase eight of their top talents. Uh, let's move on. Let's see, what else do I have here? Let's move on to MMA. And before I get into before I get into results from Fight Night over the weekend, uh, I want to talk about a few things. Um, George St. Pierre was on Michael Bisping's show last week, and uh, maybe maybe it was a couple of weeks ago, but either way. Uh, some things that he said that I thought were not only interesting, but that I wanted to convey. Uh, as far as facing Khabib, uh, he doesn't want to do a weight cut. So whatever he's at now, I, sit, I think he said he walks around at about 184, 180, something like that. And he said Khabib is, is somewhere around there, too, as far as what he does. So he, he's not wanting to lose a bunch of weight. For one, George Pierre, a lot closer to 40 than, than some of us. Um, he said this, he offered this fight before and the UFC declined to, uh, to do it. Um, and he also said an interesting thing. He said, um, your skills don't have to be great because it's the work you put in together like you and your like you don't have to have the best skills to win in MMA you just have to put together the best game plan with your training partners and your your trainers and coaches well that's pretty interesting because he even says he doesn't have the best stand-up he doesn't have the best wrestling he doesn't have the best submission yet he's one of the most decorated highly regarded people in MMA As far as the fight versus Khabib, he says a lot of things would just have to line up right for the fight to work. I, I thought those were interesting things. And the fact that him and Bisping, who usually don't like each other all that much, they, they had a riff from back in the day that he agreed to come on there. They had a super great conversation. Uh, it's, it's one of the best ones I've heard from George St. Pierre in a while. So... Thought that was uh, thought that was pretty entertaining. Now, Nate Diaz come out and said, "I'm done at 155. My fights from here on out are 170." Okay, and then it was suggested. I don't think he suggested, but uh, it was suggested that maybe Tony Ferguson could be one of the first opponents he has. If he does that at 170, I mean, that, once again, take my money. That I think Nate Diaz versus about anybody is going to be really good because Nate Diaz can put on a show. But uh, you get Tony Ferg versus Nate Diaz, wow, that's, that's, that's main event quality. 
you could even put it on the co-main of a of a uh, a Connor Michael Chandler one of those guys headline. But uh, I thought that pretty interesting. Uh, let's see. That being said. That being said, let's talk about some of the bigger fights from Fight Night over the weekend on Saturday. At ESPN Plus, you got to uh, check this out. It was uh, really just a, above solid. It was better than solid. There were some moments where it just jaws at the floor. And we'll get to those in a minute. Uh, let's see. Uh, we had the return of Molly McCann, who lost the unanimous decision to uh, Laura Procopio. Job for Laura. Yeah, Carol Rosa, who had the unanimous decision over uh, Jocelyn Edwards. When you get to the main card, it was just insane. You had uh, Benil Darius with the split decision win over Diego Pereira. Darius is is a guy to look out for. He is on the rise, and uh, looks like he's got a rocket strapped to his back, heading straight for the top. Uh, I call him Captain Caveman. Clay Guida gets the unanimous decision over Michael Johnson. Guida is always just going to throw as many bombs as he can for three to five rounds, however many is in it. And uh, it's going to take a lot to ever take him out. The, the, the ageless wonder, Captain Caveman, big win there. And then we get to the co-main event or the sub-main event. It doesn't matter. Corey Sanhagen. Frankie Edgar. Frankie Edgar, a legend. Corey Sanhagen, one of the up-and-coming stars. How about Corey Sanhagen gets Frankie Edgar to get just close enough to where he does a, not a a flying, because that would ensue that he went forward. He comes straight up with a a jumping knee, caught Edgar flush, lights out. Thank you, Marie. Corey Sanhagen the TKO or the KO win, 28 seconds into round number one. Holy crap. And then Alistair Overeem and Alexander Volkov said, hold my beer. Uh, Volkov put on a clinic in round one and dominated Overeem almost the entire time. And then two minutes and six seconds in round number two, Volkov drops Overeem like Brock Lesnar wishes he could have. And Volkov is suddenly in the big picture now. He is like he he jumped that fence, the fence that was keeping everybody else below that level. He is suddenly in the top and he's ready to go. Big win by Volkov. Guess what that does? That leads us to UFC 258, which is this Saturday on pay-per-view. If you have ESPN Plus, you can order through there. You can order it through pay-per-view. You can order There's a bunch of different ways, UFC.com. 
tell you how to do that. Fight pass, all that. Uh, some of the notable fights on the fight pass prelims. You get Jillian Robertson versus Miranda Maverick. Those two girls are going to throw down. On the prelims, you get Jim Miller versus Bobby Green. That's going to be, they're going to throw bombs. You get Rodolfo Vieira versus Anthony Hernandez. Mallory Martin versus Pollyanna Vienna. Bilal Muhammad versus Diego Lima. That's just prelims. We get to the main card. We get Maki Patolo versus Julian Marquez. Jimmy Rivera versus Pedro Kelvin Gastelum versus Ian Heinish. We get Macy Barber and Alexa Grasso, and that's the sub-main event, the co-main event. Because the main event, in the welterweight division, you get welterweight champion Kamaro Usman taking on the number two welterweight, Gilbert Burns. As we all know, Gilbert got, gets the first shot, and it's just going to be a gauntlet after that. Absolutely big, big time. Great time to be a fight fan, as always. And without being, without being, uh, without forgetting, because I almost did. Before we get out of here, Bellator is going to make a huge announcement. They have been teasing tomorrow at 4 p.m. Just want to put this rumor to bed. I will, uh, the rumor has nothing to do with me fighting. Or being the exclusive media person of Bellator. And no, I did not buy them either. Whatever this is, it's going to be huge. Can't wait to hear it. Remember, GoFundMe.com slash F slash Jimmy Rave. Go help Jimmy Rave out. Jeremy the Impact York. This has been another great edition of Strong Style. We're going to title this one Jimmy Rave Approved. Good luck to you, Jimmy. We'll see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses.